What's up, y'all? It's your boy, <laughs> the one and only A Switch, uh, aka the buttermilk bastard, aka put the damn, put the damn, uh, who left this damn, <laughs> who left this damn cinnamon toast crunch square on the damn floor? AKA the undisputed, undefeated, uncontested social distancing champion. AKA the immune one. <laughs> um, bringing you yet another episode of Switch of Sights, uh, episode 102 to be exact. Um, today's date is April 29th. 2021 uh hope you guys like uh i guess for the visual viewers uh like and appreciate the new camera angle i uh i added to the um to the setup it was actually a camera i forgot i had i was like you know what i like that kind of i don't even know what what do you what do you even describe it the um behind the scenes <laughs> behind the scenes exclusive look of uh that I kind of wanted to bring to uh at least the video portion of the show audio listeners have no fear this voice is still here hey hey now um yeah oh uh, yeah I forgot yeah <laughs> I guess a reference to the my uh my many aka's uh uh I did did get vaccinated last weekend. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, um, yeah, uh, I guess to, uh, also bring awareness, of course, get that as vac vaccinated. Um, uh, at least my experience was pretty, pretty easy to be honest, pretty seamless. Uh, I scheduled an appointment the week before, I think they said they were opening up to people 16 and above. Um, since I'm clearly 16, of course, I was like, yes, <laughs> no, um, uh, for that age bracket, but it didn't seem like there were any centers that were like at least conveniently close enough. So I was like, ah, let me wait a little bit more. So then the following week after then they, um, they had one pretty close to where I'm at. So I was like, okay, this is now the opportunity. So I uh, went ahead and scheduled my appointment, uh, came on time and, uh, pretty seamless. Uh, you know, you go through the whole rigmarole of, uh, they, I think they get your insurance in case, uh, you know, I guess <laughs> not to be cryptic, you just die on the spot. <laughs> Uh, it sounds so horrible. I mean, you know, uh, you never know. Um, and, uh, you know, pretty much just had my ID on hand going through all the stations and pretty much you got lined up to go and get the shot. Um, you know, they, they try to survey if you were the second dose or first dose. So this is my first dose, dose, dose. So, uh, pretty much did that, uh, took, took that shot like a champ. It was nothing. Um, 
it was nothing. Uh, so yeah, you know, did the whole shot process. Uh, you know, she stuck it in and I was like, Oh, <laughs> I don't know why I went there. I didn't even need to, but, <laughs> uh, Oh, <laughs> felt it in the show. Oh, Oh, <laughs> I literally made that sound. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, all right, let me stop. Um, but yeah, outside of that, in terms of the aftermath, uh, uh, I, I guess, uh, maybe I'm one of the few, um, but, uh, I did not have any side effects after taking the shot. I was expecting all at least the anticipated ones, which is headache, uh, soreness in the arm, and what was there, I think potentially nausea, uh, and there's something else I couldn't remember, but I was waiting for it and I didn't, didn't, didn't run into any of them luckily. So thankful for that. Cause I was like, ah, guess my, my Saturday's gone. <laughs> Cause I'll be out of commission. I think then, uh, the resident evil demos, I was like, ah, I can't probably won't even be too tired to play. Fatigue. That was the other one. Fatigue, which I didn't, I didn't get any of them at all, luckily. So, uh, but you know, I have this weird, this weird, like desire to eat human flesh for some reason, but you know what? I, I like, it speaks to me, but I, I don't, I don't uh, acknowledge it. I don't let it manifest. So, um, yeah. Uh, the other day I was like, teleporting and stuff. So I'm personally enjoying this vaccine very much. I think it's improved my life, um, more than I guess, potentially hinder it. So if you see me, uh, in LA, uh, jumping buildings and shit, don't mind your business. All right. <laughs> mind your business. <laughs> if you see, uh, uh, some fire trucks being juggled, mind your business. All right mind your business. If you see me eating somebody alive, mind your damn business. <laughs> but, uh, uh, overall, yeah, I'd say it was a pretty positive experience as somebody who was admittedly kind of hesitant to get the vaccine in terms of, you don't know what they're a hundred percent put in your body and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, at least for me so far, so good. Uh, thankfully I, I anticipate the second dose probably may not be, uh, be so, uh, friendly. Um, but we'll see. It's kind of unfortunate cause, uh, I have to, I realize after the fact that I have, I have to take the second dose, like pretty much like I think a day before my birthday. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully maybe no symptoms again, but I don't think that'll be the case. I'll probably be probably all the symptoms they said that you should get on the first one. I'll probably get on the second one or something. Probably be out of commission. So anywho, um, outside of that, what else? Nothing else really. Um, yeah. So I guess without further ado, let's stop the dilly dallying and get right into it. Oh, uh, and I forgot to title my codes for time. 
so yeah, that was uh, at least the interesting thing as I <laughs> write this out. I was uh, at least researching, trying to figure out um, of a way to, um, I don't know. You, I feel like this should have been invented already. If not, I mean, I guess I'm just shooting this idea out to anybody that I want to maybe potentially want to embrace it. But, um, uh, you would think that there's at least some dedicated podcast app or something that like basically split your time where it's like, you know, like how, uh, speed runners online, um, you know, when they're speed running a game and they're, you know, streaming it, how they show, like, uh, I, I believe the term is splits. Like when you complete a certain segment within a game, uh, from a, from a speed runner's perspective, uh, this is like the projected time. And then you, maybe you, um, you, uh, surpass that or, um, or are worse in terms of taking longer to do that segment that, you know, it would be split into those segments. So at least my theory or thought process was that it seems like that would be pretty easy to just implement for, to use with a podcast, uh, just, just instead of the segments, just putting the podcast segments and then, um, doing it that way where you where you're like, uh, moving on to the next topic, you just hit it and then go on to the next topic. But of course it was not, and isn't, uh, wasn't necessarily that easy. So we'll, we'll possibly find somewhere, somehow, some way I hear, uh, at least from what I researched, like pod, not pod, but, um, workout and training apps possibly could do that. But it's like, I don't want it to be on my phone. Cause then I have to have the whole rigmarole to transfer from my phone to a, um, to my dock to populate it that way, which I don't know, maybe that might be the best solution, but we'll see. We shall, we shall see. Um, so yeah, uh, first topic of discussion, um, nether realm studios rumored to be making or and or working on a Marvel fighting game. Pretty, pretty damn crazy, to be honest. Um, and uh, for those for the unaware, um, NetherRealm Studios is, you know, I say most commonly known uh, for making, developing uh, the current Mortal Kombat games, Mortal Kombat uh, MKX and MKX and of the, at least the latest Mortal Kombat MK 11. Um, I believe they pretty much, yeah, I think since Mortal Kombat nine, they've pretty much been the developer for Mortal Kombat. Uh, I think they technically used to be midway <laughs> man. That's That's man. That is some time way back when midway was a thing, but, um, um, I think they, they bought Midway's license to Mortal Kombat or something like that. Um, so now it's under WB, uh, I, I believe mainly for like the, well, yeah, I guess pretty much the old Mortal Kombat games all the way throughout, um, through like the 3d ones and, 
and I guess up until like MK9 to my understanding. So, but also they did, they did make, um, uh, injustice. Well, I guess even before injustice, <laughs> uh, it's, I think we all understandably try to erase it out of our head, but, um, what was it? Uh, Marvel versus DC universe, which was on paper. It, it did have a potential, but it's like of the two IPs. I mean, you cannot have an MK crossover game and not have the violence of, you know, that's iconic with mortal Kombat transcend to, um, not transcend to the DC side. So like, you know, you, yeah, you can't have a, a, a crossover game with anything with mortal Kombat and not have the, you know, guest IP, uh, indulge in the, you know, what makes mortal Kombat mortal Kombat. It just, it would just, it would just sacrifice the quality of, um, mortal Kombat in terms of what, makes mortal Kombat, mortal Kombat for the most part of course that's violence isn't all of what encompasses mortal Kombat, but i mean for the most part i mean honestly it kind of is to an extent um but yeah that's that's kind of a non-negotiable and uh i mean you gotta give credit for another realm to try it but it's like it just didn't work out it's like what did they call them they didn't call them fatalities, but they called them something. Uh, let me look it up real quick. I'm curious now. Um, DC universe. Did they call them fatalities? I don't think so. Heroic brutalities. I think mortal Kombat had the mortal Kombat characters had fatalities, but the, but the, um, Hmm. I think the, the DC people had heroic brutalities. I believe that's the case. So, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, it was pretty bad either way. Uh, and then what hurt even more, I think, uh, what Joker had one that like was totally, uh, nerfed or, uh, censored even more where he like blew somebody's head off. I think it made its way back into mortal Kombat. I want to say, I think it's Shang Tsung's, uh, fatality, either mortal Kombat nine or the later ones. But, um, either way, just to kind of give some backstory there. And then after that, I think they made the injustice games one and two. Um, but after that, I don't know. Um, yeah, then I guess it was basically the, the on and off cadence between like mortal Kombat. I think mortal Kombat X injustice, maybe it was the other way around injustice, mortal Kombat X injustice Two, mortal Kombat 11. And, uh, I think we've, we haven't really heard anything regarding like a next injustice. Um, so it seems likely that this definitely could have some credence in terms of it being uh Marvel, but I guess it's just the weird thing is that 
not necessarily why, but like, you know, I guess what's hard to fathom is the fact that it's the Marvel IP has been uh, so closely associated with with um, Capcom. So it's kind of weird to see it actually like Marvel actually move from Capcom to um, WB who also owns the rights to DC, I believe I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, I think that's correct. So that's kind of the weird part, but I mean, when you have that in mind, I, I, I'm not sure if what, mm, I'm not sure what could factor as into like, I would assume that they, they could be trying to make, uh, at least Marvel versus DC. I don't think you, I don't think you just get, um, I don't think you get Marvel to just make just a Marvel fighting game since that's technically done, been done before, at least on Capcom's end. Um, I mean, it will be interesting to see, uh, another realms take on a Marvel fighting game, uh, since they kind of have the template, uh, with, with, um, the, um, injustice games, but it's like, why not just go the full gamut and just do a Marvel versus DC fighting game? I think that would be the more interesting, uh, interesting, like game you will want to make, which I think that might be the case. Cause I mean, I know it probably would be a licensing nightmare, but I mean, I, I wouldn't, I don't think it would be impossible to do. I think it would definitely be feasible and likely to be done, but, um, it's just, the the question of, uh, if that is actually the case, which I think it is, uh, I'm not sure when we'll see, but another interesting tidbit to that, to this is that, um, it, <laughs> I guess technically was, uh, hinted at, uh, in, I think an interview for mortal Kombat 11 way back from game informer where, um, uh, Ed Boon was being interviewed where I think it's, um, the show's like famous, um, concept where I think it's a uh, rapid fire questions where they give them like, uh, all these rapid fire questions. It's generally like a yes or no, but it could be, they could, you know, potentially elaborate more if needed. But one of the questions was, um, was it, if he has, he wanted, did he want to make a Marvel game or something like that? Let me look that up real quick. I think if they, it was somewhere mentioned. I think it was right. Yeah, it was 166 rapid fire questions. And it was at a certain point. Maybe I could, uh, pull the audio feed. We'll try that. Let me play it at the very least play it for the listeners. Are you a good sport? Yes. Will easy fatalities be returning in Mortal Kombat? We had worked on just that. We could have released it as it's week. One week. Yeah. Like on vacation. I need one. Thought that it was one of the coolest pinball songs, if not the coolest pinball. 
over and it doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. We're doing this flip. What flip? Remember that Mortal Kombat 3. Have you ever had one conversation with Marvel about making a fighting game? Yes. What? When? Uh, <laughs> I did. So, <laughs> after he got, uh, he got, uh, what, challenged on that, <laughs> he's like, oh, mm, I'm not sure about that. Um, but I probably shouldn't talk about it. Are you excited <laughs> about that idea? Oh, God, yes. We would love to make, uh, like a Marvel fighting game or Marvel versus DC, I think would be the coolest. I feel like it's a race between you and TT Games for getting that Marvel. Yeah, so. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, if that's any indication, this was 2019, and we haven't gotten at least confirmation on anything else yet. I think that's, that's very likely. I think that's very likely, so. Um, yeah, I, it's hard to fathom what it's going to look like, uh, given that, like, at least if Injustice is any indication, Injustice has a very distinct artistic style that complements like the DC comics and DC characters where, you know, everything color wise is like muted and drab and like, you know, just, I guess, <laughs> depressing to be honest, but Marvel is like more vibrant, uh, like, you know, lively and like, I guess over the top. So it'll be very interesting if, if like a Marvel versus DC thing comes to be is if, um, how they'll make those two like color palettes clash or, you know, blend <laughs> to an extent if, if this, you know, potentially comes to be. Uh, I mean, at the worst, it would just be a Marvel fighting game, which, you know, I mean, given W, uh, nether realms questionable, like, you know, not questionable, but not I ideal, uh, game design when it comes to their fighting games, it's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting to see, um, what's going to come out of this. If, if all this holds water. Uh, whether it be just a Marvel fight game or I'd say more ideally uh, Marvel versus DC fighting game. So pretty interesting uh, aspect. Um, yeah. I'm wondering, I wonder curious of what, what the, <laughs> some of the matchups I think I saw in, uh, in the reset era thread <laughs> regardless. Somebody said, uh, what was it? Um, it was, uh, uh, what was the quote? It was something. Uh, I could do this all day. <laughs> and then uh, who was somebody from DC? What are I'm trying to think? What are the most iconic lines? Mm. Damn it! It was something. It was like. Uh, uh, was it Wolverine? Damn it. It was good too. It was like, <laughs> uh, um, I could, I could, I could beat your ass until yesterday. And then, um, Chris Evans, was like I could do this all day. That, that I'm not doing it justice. So I'll, let me stop. Oh <laughs> uh, man. Just a, just a kind of brainstorm. I think some essentials, at least for each side, if you know, to fully engulf myself in this 
this uh, fantasy of uh, Marvel versus DC. Uh, I think definitely Captain America, definitely Superman, definitely Batman, definitely Iron Man. That would be interesting. Fucking Batman versus Iron Man. That'd be very fascinating. Uh, <laughs> who's the richest of them all? <laughs> what if it's just, oh man. Okay. Let me gush on this real quick. What if Iron Man and, and you know, the, the, the pregame fight intros, freaking Iron Man comes in, uh, flies in, of course. And then Batman, you know, comes in his bat, uh, Batmobile and what, like, uh, Tony be like, uh, uh, man, black is your black is your color, huh? And then, uh, Bruce is like, um, shoot. It's like, well, it's better than looking like ketchup. And then I don't know. Then they throw, they just, <laughs> after that, they just throw, literally throw money at each other. <laughs> they literally just throw, throw money at, uh, at each other. Just, to just, to to, 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 I don't know, determine who's the better of the two. <laughs> so dumb. So dumb, but I, deep down, I kind of want to see that a lot. <laughs> literally, that's like a dedicated secret in game mechanic or something that, like, literally, specifically only the matchup between Iron Man and Batman that they just literally throw money at each other. Ah. <laughs> uh. I, I actually do want to, I do want that a lot. Not even going to lie to you. Not even going to hold you up. Uh, let's see. Spider-Man, of course. Um, yeah, see, I, I know more of Marvel than DC, but, um, I feel like I would assume DC had some equivalent to Spider-Man, but outside of that, I guess would it be the flash? But I mean, for Flash, you got Quicksilver as very speedy people. I'm not sure who's the equivalent for for uh, Spider-Man in terms of the DC universe, but for sure, Spider-Man. I guess I'm thinking of ideal matchups. Um, Captain Marvel and Superman. That would be interesting since I think they're based on both IPs. They're I. I more or less considered to be the quintessential like top dogs um, in that respect. I think you gotta have Dark Side and Thanos. That's gotta be a thing. <laughs> they they rip uh, the quote out of um what is it? They rip the quote out of a uh, Endgame. <laughs> Thanos comes comes in. I've come to destroy you. And then what's his name? He's like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I think technically one is more powerful than, but you know, you know how writers can be. They could just totally, you know, nerf somebody down and, you know, level them down to, you know, see now they're now it's even. Um, so yeah, I could see that. Uh, who would be against green lantern? Green Lantern. I know there's somebody who could who could go toe to toe with Green Lantern. What is mm, somebody that can control the elements? Yeah, I guess I feel like it's 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 if it's one person, if it's DC or Marvel, one person made a character and then <laughs> likely the opposite made a character to 
I guess, kind of piggyback off their success. So it's like, I, I would assume in my head that it's, it's definitely a given that, um, some of these characters have already got like an established answer one way or another. So I like the idea. I, I like the, the potential of that for damn sure. So, okay. So that's enough gushing, but, uh, I, at the very least, I do hope it does happen. It'll be definitely fascinating to see, um, um, what's nether realms take on Marvel, a Marvel fighting game, uh, at least having the frame of reference with, um, Capcom. Cause I think that's another thing like, um, Capcom's design and, and cartoony design, uh, definitely, uh, lends to Marvel more than I think DC in terms of, um, you know, the vibrancy and color colorfulness of that's always generally been the theme with Marvel games and IP for the most part. Um, of course you can still do it in a more realistic setting, you know, like if what the Spider-Man game is any indication and, uh, of course the, uh, Batman Arkham game. So the possibilities are definitely there. So, yeah, pretty, pretty interesting prospect that I have to say though, either way. All right, moving on. Um, which I forgot to put in here. Just a mess, just a mess. What am I even doing? I pretend like I haven't been doing this, but I promise, I promise I have. I promise, promise I have. So uh, today we also got the uh, state of play uh, for PlayStation or PlayStation's long running, um, I guess, well, Nintendo Direct ripoff, I guess, because Nintendo's more or less pioneered it. And then pretty much all the other you know, fellow companies follow suit, especially of course, due to the pandemic. Um, so at least this one's focus was mainly on ratchet and clank, a fracture in time. I believe it's a fracture, a fracture in time or rift in time. I think it's a rift in time or rift apart ratchet and clank a rift apart. So at least this started off with, let me refresh my memory. Cause it was, um, below zero. It's crazy. Like I literally tuned out when I saw this, I guess. Below zero. Huh? It, it reminds me of subnautica. So below zero is an indie. I wonder if it's a sequel sequel to Subnautica or what's the other one? Not, I, I want to say Phasmophobia, but I know that's not it. It was some underwater game. I think it was on PS plus, but at least it gives me those similar vibes. Subnautica. Oh, so it's just a digital version. 
So I think it's a, either a sequel or a like remaster. Okay. So yeah, I think it, I didn't really interest me. That's probably why I didn't get my attention, but, uh, <laughs> of course, uh, surprising literally nobody, uh, you know, Hey, I think we were all, you know, all, all, uh, hoping if it would, but of course, among us just one step closer to world domination is uh releasing or coming out on PS4 and PS5. So <sighs> surprising nobody. <laughs> Cause let's see, it's on I think it's on Game Pass for PC. I don't think it's on console yet. It uh came out on Switch. It's on mobile devices and on PC. So it's like dominating everywhere. And then uh, it has an exclusive, you get an exclusive uh, Ratchet and Clank uh, skin uh, where, you know, Clank is the, I think the little, I forgot what you call it. The little, uh, your little buddy that'll uh, um, trail behind you and, um, you know, got the little ears and, you know, suit. So, of course. Of course, I am not surprised at the least bit among us just dominating. Um, so those are at least the two indie games. And then after that, they got into, uh, the ratchet and clank, uh, gameplay, um, walkthrough, um, which I have to say it looks pretty damn impressive, at least specifically from a hardware, uh, standpoint, it definitely does look very enticing. Uh, the graphics look like crazy. Like, I think, you know, it's a good indicator of a, of a game's quality, uh, at least graphically speaking, is that when, you know, you transition from cutscene to, from cutscene to actual gameplay and it's like damn near seamless. That's at least, uh, the vibes I got from this game, which is kind of crazy that like it, you literally didn't, you know, uh, in some games where it's like, <laughs> it's very noticeable when you transition from cutscene to gameplay, uh, where it's like, Oh, okay. All right. Uh, doesn't look as, doesn't look as detailed now, <laughs> but it's damn near like one to one seamless when he transitions, which is crazy. And the game in the end of itself looks good as hell. You know, these, uh, ratchet looks furry as hell. You kind of want to touch your screen where, you know, you want to, you just want to feel it. You just want to feel a little bit of that fur, but you, you deep down inside, you know, you can't. Um, so yeah. And then they show like what they also like previewed at least during, I think the initial PS five state of play, um, showing the game, premiering it, uh, which is the, I forgot what they called it, but the rift system or whatever, where it basically lets you instantly transport to a, to an area or location without any, I guess, loading background loading, what have you, which of course utilizes the power of the, uh, the SSD on the PS five. Um, it looked pretty damn impressive. And then to even go on top of that, they even showed you in more detail of you. Um, I think it was this boss fight that they showed a little bit of where you're fighting this boss. And then I forgot how the conditions like warranted it, but you like teleported to a whole new location and without any loading screens or any like delay or noticeable delay or anything, it just instantly like at the snap, just transitioned to a whole new location without any loading. And that's like, damn, 
it's like well this is this feels feels next gen so um yeah they, they at least that definitely struck out to me um a couple other you know various uh you know aspects to the story and stuff they showed the or at least confirmed now that there is the the what the <laughs> what we thought was like the female uh ratchet i forgot her name or i want to say something with r but either way uh transitioned um and yeah so i guess she has clank captive or or is using him or whatever and i guess at some point you play her at least that's what they confirmed in the in this gameplay um they didn't show her actually playing though i think they just said it in the uh narration but overall cool looks good as somebody who's not like i guess not necessarily the biggest Ratchet and clank fan i did play um i played i think the first one for sure but never finished it i think i rented it like when i was super young but um i used to be more in the platformers then not as much now but definitely at least from what, what was shown this does look pretty damn awesome uh impeccable and you know uh, we, we thirsty for some pl- PlayStation five next gen exclusive games. So, I mean, of course I have uh, more than likely probably pick it up. Um, maybe I'll probably wait, wait for reviews and then maybe pick it up. We'll see. Um, I'm not sure, uh, when this, I don't think we have, a, we got a release date yet. Let me double check that real quick. Um, I don't think they gave a release date yet. I think they gave a window. I want to say they gave a window. Oh, June 11th. Okay. So there is a release date. That's kind of weird. They didn't, uh, I don't recall in, in this gameplay trailer, they didn't even like reinforce that. Like, you know, Ratchet and Clank, a rift in part is releasing June 11th. So that was kind of weird, but, uh, at least, so far as Google is concerned, seems like that's a date, but overall I say pretty, pretty solid, decent, uh, state of play as somebody who's not at least a hundred percent interested. I say in terms of a interest gauge with this ratchet and clank being the, you know, main, I guess, marquee title, probably like a good 70, 65, 70%. Um, this bumped it up. Maybe, maybe about, about a little 75, 80 kind of in that range so we'll see hopefully it does good you know i think we all (laughs) you know in a perfect world we want everything to be to be good but you know sometimes it just doesn't happen like that you know sometimes sometimes it just doesn't go that way um cool moving on Um, Call of Duty, you and I, everybody, we all know, (laughs) you scream, I scream, we all scream for duty. No, that's just not sure where I went with that. But (laughs) anyway, um, so according to a rumor, uh, I believe this is by, uh, uh, a, uh, synonymous leaker 
associated with Call of Duty, who's at least uh, gotten credence for other previous leaks in the past. Uh, Tom Henderson on Twitter. Um, basically, in a tweet, uh, it would appear uh, that the Discord DMCA takedown of uh, the Soap Kai is a legitimate takedown from Activision. However, this does not confirm or deny anything. Activision has a tendency to issue DMCA's falsely, and in my opinion, we should have seen more DMC- DMCA's issued to people covering it. Uh, Activision has stated that uh, that a new premium Call of Duty title will release this year, and from what he's been told, uh, or at least quoting him, what I've been told, they knew it wouldn't perform that well. Uh, quote: Recovery roadmap is already in place. Uh, I will personally take the DMCA with a grain of salt until more info comes out. So uh, basically he was right about, I guess, some battlefield uh, rumors as well, um, which at least gives them some credence. But uh, of course, uh, on the other side, uh, grain of salt, huge grain of salt. Potentially this could not be nothing, but I think at least is uh, worthy enough to uh, at least discuss. So at least going by some other previous rumors, I think we've talked about a couple episodes ago uh, regarding regarding the um, uh, the next what is the what what was going to be the next Call of Duty, which looks like it's they're going back to World War Two. <laughs> like, man, I can't even think how many times. But I mean, I mean, it's Call of Duty. It's like what <laughs> you only have so much to work with. I, I get it to some extent, but. Um, so yeah, so, but I think what also leads some more credence to this is that the developer that at least supposedly is going to, uh, release this year's call of duty is sledgehammer who has, you know, had issues, uh, in the past, uh, for, I think it was a, a range of issues in terms of at least specifically the development of the game. Um, but, uh, it seems like this could hold true as well. Cause I think they had, I want to say they helped. I think it started with modern war, 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 three, <laughs> modern war, three. Hey guys, I'm going to play modern war, three, three. <laughs> Mike Tyson. Hey guys, I want to play some modern war, three. <laughs> Wow, I think that's my first time like legitimately doing Michael Tyson. I man, I kind of like it. Hey guys, want to want to do some? You guys want to play some Metal Warfare Three? <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me stop tripping over that. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, for um, man, that fucking that fucking side rail, the fuck out of me. I'm not even gonna. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> guys, I'm pissing mad with it. Three. So they're basically, uh, I think they started or they got, um, um, added on for modern warfare three. Cause I think that was when the whole, uh, contra, not necessarily controversy, but disagreement, if you will, with Vincent Pella and them. Uh, and I think that also threw a wrench into the development process where like, a a big chunk of infinity ward left. And then I think sledgehammer came in, uh, pick up the pieces and mend things together. And I think they managed to salvage it. Well, cause I know 
I recall Modern Warfare 3 being pretty fun. I, I enjoyed it. Maybe not necessarily as, as good as Modern Warfare 2, but I did still thoroughly enjoyed it as well as the multiplayer. Um, but yeah, I think after that, they developed, was it Advanced Warfare, I believe? Um, and then, you know, using the cadence, whatever. I think the last one was Call of Duty World War II. And then I forgot what happened specifically there, but either way, I think there was also yet again, another like huge disbandment of majority of sledgehammer. And I think, you know, just some other people slowly melded into place to kind of, I guess, salvage again in terms of, um, or was that? No, I think that was it. I think sledgehammer was slated to, develop another game after call of duty world war two. And then, um, I think just either Activision wasn't satisfied with the product or the game. And then that caused the whole kerfuffle. And then I think that forced that forced, uh, Treyarch to release cold war, uh, last year. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the case. And then that's why Cold War suffered, at least for the most part, in my opinion. And I guess that technically is well, how or how or when um, Sledgehammer should have been releasing this game. So we'll see how that turns out. But yeah, that's at least the uh somewhat intricate backstory of a sledgehammer in that respect. So we'll see what, at least as far as we know, we'll see, I guess from the public end, we don't know what the hell could be going on in the back end, but, um, yeah. So personally, at least how I think they should, they should go about it. Um, Activision, I know you listening, you don't have to be, you don't gotta be coy. But I think they got a couple options. Um, uh, also, I think they mentioned, uh, at least in the thread I'm looking at, on uh, the era, um, is that they should, they, they have Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer lined up as well as Modern Warfare 3 remastered the campaign. And I think probably the, the multiplayer as well. I think that they, they, uh, confirm that as well. So they, I think they technically have that as a, like a <laughs> emergency in case of emergency break glass. So they can technically still maintain the yearly modern, uh, call of duty cadence, uh, that way. So, uh, I think personally that would be, I totally would take that over, uh, anything world war two related in terms of call of duty. Cause, uh, personally, at least I jumped on to Call of Duty during the Modern Warfare, I guess, era, if you will, um, which that's always been generally my favorite. Um, I, I at least gave a chance on World War Two. Didn't really like it, I guess. Just just the guns, I couldn't really get down with. But either way, considering especially the the questionable quality, I think they're better off just doing that, taking technically, giving them some more time, giving us what we like. Uh, or, you know, are familiar with, um, I think that's probably the, that personally, I think that'd be the best option. Or, I mean, I know this is probably the craziest idea known to man. Uh, you could just 
not release a Call of Duty this year, but I guess to from a business standpoint, that's like what self sabotage, as you will. But I don't know. I think it's that would be fine. Um, you know, if anything, maybe as some constellation to get some more sales, they could like beef up, call it modern warfare, and like maybe give a, a provide a substantial amount of maps and even more weapons. I think I would take that as well. Like if you wanted to, uh, you know, not do that, but I guess potentially that would take away from modern warfare two, which I guess, you know, supposedly would be the next thing after this year. So I, I honestly think at least the ideal best option where all parties would be, I think satiated would probably be just to release the modern warfare three or mastered along with the multiplayer as well as modern warfare two two's multiplayer since that wasn't released alongside um the modern warfare two campaign when that came out in 2019 i think uh like in march uh yeah march of the year after modern warfare came out or something like that so yeah i mean because it's like why if you if it going if this rumor holds water it doesn't make sense to doesn't make sense to release call of duty or i mean any game for that matter release release something that you know is going to be bad from the get-go i mean (laughs) acts what uh ea with anthem acts um freaking uh who uh, CD Projekt Red with fucking cyberpunk on like the console versions, at least. Um, what acts, uh, I guess technically not No Man's Sky. They lied about what they said that, well, at least they promised what would happen. But, uh, I mean, you know, pretty much asked them and, you know, they, <laughs> it's a testament as the, how much that is not a very legitimate means of going about, you know, releasing the game. I'd say just, either wait and and give it more the time it needs or um uh just <laughs> don't do it at all cuz like it, i'd say you're better off protecting your reputation uh rather than tarnishing it where in turn it's gonna cut off fans you know potentially forever Unless, you know, the game is insanely good and people are like, I guess I'll jump back in or something. I don't know. But if if CD Projekt Red being the most recent example of that uh, Activision should should make the right call and not release this game or scrap it, <laughs> scrap it altogether. Uh, but we'll see what happens. But as a as a big Call of Duty fan, um. Yeah, I personally would totally love just just them releasing Modern Warfare 3 Remastered along with the multiplayer and 2. Uh, at least be my number one uh, choice. Maybe number two, probably be a, a substantial big like pack for uh, Modern Warfare. And maybe, hell, just make it Modern Warfare 2 or something like that. I don't know. Um, if it's substantial enough. Um, maybe add some single player, maybe just do a whole new campaign. I guess then you just, at that point, you just make it a whole new game, but then it's the whole, like 
confusing nature of Warzone and how that kind of comes into play as well. Yeah, that's that's a tricky situation. I would not uh would not would not uh, be happy to be in their situation, but they have options. Uh, any option but release something that they know is not going to be good. I think that's just that's just not a that's just not a good idea in general. Where you have a role a recovery roadmap in advance, it's like what's the point if you're going to release something that you 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 know is not going to be good and you know we as gamers do pick up on that as well. So I don't see. It's just a bad idea all around. That's just, it's not a good idea. So we'll see what happens, but hopefully they figure it out and, you know, just released, release, <laughs> release Dookie and expect us to love it. Hey, hey, Call of Duty, right? Huh? Hey, go ahead. Take you sniffed in a bite. Huh? Mm, you like it, don't you? <laughs> we'll feed you anything. You're going to eat it, aren't you? You sucker ass. <laughs> literally call of duty um but i digress i digress uh moving on um as i periodically gradually even put in these damn time codes Okay. So, uh, Monster Hunter Rise, uh, probably a series that's near and dear to my heart. Um, Capcom had a, uh, Monster Hunter digital event, uh, this, what was it? Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, one of those days where pretty much they gave us a roadmap. Uh, at least or a more detailed roadmap uh, in terms of the uh, expectations of DLC for Monster Hunter Rise. And uh, boy, let me tell you, I am uh, very, very much so interested, engaged, uh, aroused even. I was going to refrain from saying it, but I mean, I think it warrants, it warrants being said in this scenario because my goodness, uh, they put their foot in it they put their damn foot in it. Okay. Uh, man. So I need to get the list here. So my goodness, let's just, just recap just the craziness they put in this, 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 uh, what I think they called it 2.0 update in general, but they added story elements. So Hunter rank cap, that's probably the biggest one for a lot of, uh, Hunter, Hunter, monster Hunter veterans. Uh, your hunter rank cap will be unlocked when certain conditions are met. So generally there's specific caps. So at least so far, uh, there's 30, I think technically it's, you know, it generally is like up to nine, 999. If you, if you, if, if you just live, breathe, eat, sleep monster hunter, <laughs> but, uh, otherwise, you know, uh, I think the cap before was seven before this update, but after update, I dabbled a little bit into it. It's, uh, I think it's a hundred. I'm not sure the cap currently, but I, I'm pretty sure it's just straight up unlocked. Uh, I know at certain periods throughout it, you have to, 
you have to um, do urgent quests, you know, which basically lets you move on and go from there. But either way, that's pretty big uh, to kind of, I don't know, verify your validity as a hunter, if you will. So you got that. Uh, You also got, uh, oh, new monsters start intruding on some quests. So I guess this more kind of comes into play where the, the, the new monsters added in this, uh, update will kind of come into play more, I'm guessing. So, um, to kind of, I guess, you know, weave them in as if they were naturally, (laughs) Oh, we were here all along. I mean, just coincidentally, you know, we was just, I was just eating these berries in, uh, area, area 12, which you can't access as a player, but I've been there the whole time. So, <laughs> uh, I love, I love that retroactive, retroactive retconning, I guess, even though I, that's kind of somewhat redundant, but you know, you get, you get the gist. Um, after that, after unlocking the, uh, hunter cap, uh, new monsters appear in village hub quests, new monsters will appear in rampage, uh, new quests, arena quests and requests will be available. Uh, new weapon trees, armors, pedalises, and items will be available. New skills and rampage skills will be available. Armor upgrade level cap will be unlocked. What? New decorations will be available to forge. Layered armor will be available to forge. Uh, Palico Palamute layer armor uh, available to forge. Uh, Palico Palamute level cap unlocked up to level 50. I think previously it was 30, uh, default level for Palico and Palamute hired from buddy scout will be raised. So to highlight a couple of these, cause boy, it's a lot to dissect if I wanted to, which I guess we'll probably maybe save for uh, what I've been playing. But, uh, just to touch on some of this, um, the layered armor, that's probably, I say out of all this, probably the biggest thing. Cause let me tell you, let me educate you a little bit on um, what I like to call a uh, fashion hunter. So uh, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't know, uh, at least what it started, I think in Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, but fashion hunter is, you know, basically being the most powerful hunter you can be, but in style and dare I say, let me do it again in style. Uh, but I mean, it does actually add a whole layer of like interest into the game, at least for me personally, uh, or, you know, I think it's, it's always been a common thing is I would assume in RPGs and MMORPGs as well, where, you know, you look, you want to be powerful, but you don't want to look ugly at the expense of it. So that's the whole concept of, I guess the general term in most games, uh, yeah, I guess the generalized term is transmog where basically you, um, look how you want to look while still maintaining the attributes, still maintaining the attributes of, uh, the aesthetic you want to look like. So if I want to look like a cowboy, uh, but have the power of a bison, I could do that. You know, I could do that. And you, you love that flexibility. I, I for sure do. So, uh, I think that's a common, 
a common joke in terms of just, <laughs> I mean, it's very true fashion hunter. It really is because you're hunting monsters, but you want, you're hunting it. You're not hunting it for the, for the spec. You're hunting it for the style. You know what I mean? Uh, but either way, let me, let me get off my soapbox on that, but I'm just saying, uh, fashion hunter is the best hunter. Okay. I'll leave it at that. Um, the new monsters though, that's pretty big. Cause like what there's like, who, at least from what they showed in the, in the Nintendo, not, um, the monster hunter direct, or whatever. I forgot the term with a monster hunter, uh, digital event. Um, I lost my train of thought. I was saying something about, uh, some monsters. Oh yeah. The new monsters. Um, what they showed Kashala Deora. They showed, uh, who's the damn Teostra. They showed Camellios. But then come to find out it's a damn, they got damn Bezel goose in this damn game. They didn't even tell nobody. It was like, you know what? Let's just pepper them in. They'll, they'll find them out later. It's like, what? Um, so that was pretty cool. And then of course, uh, the biggest thing they added, uh, all the apex monsters as well. So like, uh, what's his name? Pretty much all the apex monsters that were locked basically to rampage, which I thought was kind of annoying. Uh, they, they are unlocked now, so you can actually play them, um, in quest. I believe personally, I haven't gotten there yet. So, but yeah, all in all pretty, very welcomed additions. I think also adds a lot more longevity, uh, to fellow hunter veterans that, uh, you know, want to get more, more something to do more out of this game, which I am all for. Um, on top of that, they did show monster hunter stories too. at least a game that doesn't really appeal to me as much. Um, it, it has some, some interesting aspects to it. Uh, whereas it basically just seems to me as somebody who hasn't played the first one, it seems to be monster hunter just with a RPG spin on it where it's like, you know, turn-based, not necessarily action-based. Um, I don't know, maybe I would give it a try at some point, but at least it's not on my radar as much, but they gave you a little bit more explanation of the gameplay, which, uh, is more turn-based and whatnot. So all in all, at least specifically for monster hunter rise. I am very impressed, at least especially adding layered armor so early, at least uh, if we compare it to Monster Hunter World, I guess technically even Generations Ultimate where Generations Ultimate, it was very, it was very, very late game, uh, especially if you didn't transfer your save over from Ultimate to Ultimate to um, uh, to uh, the Switch version, Generations Ultimate. Um, or I think it was just generations two generations ultimate. Um, but yeah, um, layered armor is a game changer. You hear me? It is a damn game changer. I'll leave it at that. Uh, but all in all, uh, very welcomed update and they're not even done yet. They still keep pumping out these, uh, the, some of this DLC, which I can't wait for, but I mean, at the same time, I do kind of understand it. Cause like <laughs> all this is potentially going to be in PC ideally like at launch. So please Capcom, if you listening, please let us transfer our switch saves to PC when that comes out. Cause I'm begging you, I'm, 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 I'm on my knees. I'm not 
physically on my knees, mentally I'm on my knees, Capcom. Uh, please do this. I mean, why you at it? Crossplay. Why not? Why not? Okay, it's 2021. Come on, Capcom. Please. I beg of you. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So there you go. Um, moving on as I dread, dread the mistake, the mistake I've made. I sit there pondering, what am I even doing right now? (laughs) Which I answer, I am a. But it was it called stalling for time. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah. So next topic of discussion, uh, Super Mario Party. Let me try. Um, I'm gonna try to give you my best impression. My best. <laughs> my best impression of Mario. Uh, it's a me, a Mario. There you go. Look at that. Let's say one voice actors uh well i don't even <laughs> I, I in my head is like voice actors guild <laughs> where they just actively actively search and recruit people that's kind of funny to me <laughs> we we of the voice actors guild nominate i don't know what they switch oh, okay they oh, switch all right thank you thank you so much um yeah, so Super Mario Party uh, released uh, an update patch um, that like literally like changes changes the game in terms of like basically it literally adds multiplayer to Mario Party, which is like I think if you ask anybody, it's always been the biggest make or break, at least for me, because that's like I mean let's be real. I don't have too many friends (laughs) not to be cryptic like that, but I have friends, but it's like, I don't know. Mario party. I think Mario party is always like a commitment. You know what I mean? It's kind of like I put Mario party in the same, like, uh, categories like monopoly. (laughs) It's like, if you're trying to play Mario party, you got like, you always feel like you got to like dedicate a block of time to play Mario party, um, which I think, you know, generally off puts a lot of people, uh, and it's, you know, Mario party is very situational where it's like, you know, every once in a while type deal, but like now that there's a multiplayer, like literally you can play the party party, pretty much all of the popular modes, even the mini games you want, you can literally now play those over the internet, which I think is huge. And even, even on top of that, which is even crazier is that you can actually, uh, have two players per system. So like, uh, let's say me and somebody like my, my imaginary friend (laughs) play somebody else, uh, on as well as their imaginary friend, uh, which I think that in of itself is crazy too, that, um, they, you know, Cause that, that always seems like a very niche feature. Like only some of the biggest, most popular games implement that. Not all of them. 
Uh, but that's pretty huge. But all in all, I think this is crazy that you can literally play Mario Party online with. Uh, well, I mean, just playing online in general, which is crazy to me. That that literally changes the game. So that definitely put Mario Party on my radar uh, to potentially uh, get and play. And, uh, you know, <laughs> uh just come to re- come to the realization that nobody wins in Mario Party. <laughs> you always, always some somebody's got <laughs> somebody always leaves with some bad blood or frustration or like I want to beat your ass so bad right now. <laughs> Mario Party. Uh, I'm referencing um, uh, at least that comes to mind, uh, Giant Bomb, where they they've always had like a very very, very visible love hate relationship with, with, with that game. Uh, like the most undeserving people win. And, uh, I mean, I feel like it, of course it's by design, but what can you do? Can you really even do anything if you can't win? Like, that's the question. What can you do if you know you can't win? Really? What can you do if you know you can't win? In Mario Party, that's the question. Uh, curious how the mini games work and like you know how all the matchmaking and stuff, if it actually is legit. I guess that's another question to be uh, considered. But I mean, I would. It doesn't seem like Mario Party is that demanding of a, uh, at least from a network standpoint, net code standpoint, that it'd be that, that um, I don't know, difficult since a lot of it is just stationary and turn based even. Uh, so, I mean, if anything, it's not, it's like, I am, uh, thankful, but at the same time, it's like, is it really that much work? I guess maybe the mini games may be more involved in like Cess 70 mini games, but still, I don't think it's that, that, uh, that involved. I don't think I would, I would assume not, but what do I know? Um, so Moving on. Uh, you know it. I know it. I mean, if you don't know it, you should know it. But if you don't know it, but you, if you, if you should, should know it, you hopefully want to know it. Um, and, uh, That is, I'm, I'm stalling. These, these stalling techniques. That is, uh, <laughs> I feel like I, I need to get my, get my Mormon suit on, get my Mormon, uh, white shirt tie, white shirt with the, with the, t- no, the white shirt with the sleeves with a tie, generally black. Well, let me, let me tell you about earth defense force. <laughs> Have sir. Would you like to know about Earth Defense Force? <laughs> I'm going, going door to door. Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, have you have you ever been enlightened on uh, the game that is the Earth Defense Force? Uh, would you like to? Um, <laughs> EDF. 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 
Uh, if you played that game, you'd get that reference, but you probably haven't. Either way, uh, Earth Defense Force. Um, how do I describe it? <sighs> Damn, that's it's like now when I think about it. <laughs> okay, let me rephrase. How do I describe it in the best best light? <laughs> in the best, most positive light for you to get it which that's tough in of itself. <laughs> I try to, but uh, I don't know. It's hard. Okay. So, so have you, hmm. so think of, of a Musu games, right? Like dynasty warriors, uh, what legend of Zelda, uh, the, the Zelda games that are, that are the Musu games. And by Musu, I mean, uh, Musu is generally referred to um, as like uh, the most iconic of the Musu games, which is generally Dynasty Warriors, where a player, uh, you know, usually usually is beating the shit out of like thousands of, uh, you know, grunts and, you know, doing combos and stuff. And that's how you get to kind of the fun beat em upness, uh, but on a grander scale, I guess. Uh, that's generally Musu. So what if you made a Musu game, but made it aliens with, with guns, that's earth defense force. Uh, some people may, uh, question the quality of this game. Uh, and my, my, uh, I guess rebuttal to that is, uh, you're no fun. (laughs) Uh, you're not, you're not fun then. So, so that's, that, that would be my answer. You're just not a fun person at all. So (laughs) where do we go from here? No, um, earth, earth defense force is a very acquired taste. I'd say, um, uh, I'm trying to think like, at least from a movie standpoint, what would, what would kind of be, you know what? Actually Godzilla, like think Godzilla, but Godzilla, but you're not Godzilla, <laughs> which is, I think that's not even helping at all either. It's like in a Godzilla game. I probably want to be Godzilla. Um, yeah, yeah. Earth defense force is hard to explain to be honest, but I just say you kind of get the same fulfillment as if you're playing a Musu game where you're just shooting a ton of like huge ass bugs and, you know, getting a camaraderie, camaraderie of your, uh, fellow, uh, crewmates and, you know, you, you're shooting them and then you're yelling EDF, EDF, <laughs> uh, people, the, 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 the voice lines and, uh, dialogue is very over the top, very B movie esque. So when you put all that together, you get like a good little, little hot pocket uh, that is earth defense force, you know, uh, in that hot pocket, you may get some of the cold parts because you didn't heat it up all the way, but it's, I mean, that doesn't take away from the the hot pocket. You know what I mean? It's still a hot pocket, you know? And that's, that's, that's generally earth defense force. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure I did justice for that game. Thank you. So uh, again, please play Earth Defense Force if you have it. It's it's pretty fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But then again, my taste in games may be questionable. So I mean, either way, I say 
Earth Defense Force is a good time. If you're into that type of thing, if you're, if you're even in remotely into Kaiju stuff, I think Earth Defense Force is definitely worth checking out. Uh, EDF. Okay. E D F. Thank you. Um, so <laughs> with that backstory, uh, Earth Defense Force two invaders of the planet space or invaders from planet space and Earth Defense Force 2017 are coming to switch. This is great. So basically these are, uh, well, at least Earth Defense Force two invaders of planet space was specifically a PS Vita game exclusive even, uh, which is crazy now that that's going to be coming to the switch. And then Earth Defense Force 2017 uh, was on the 360, I believe, and I think PS3. Um, but hey, that's coming to Switch 2. You love to see it. I think World Brothers is the uh, kind of chibi version of Earth Defense Force. Um, so at least, hey, I'm all I'm all about pushing this Earth Defense Force agenda. Okay, that is why I'm talking about it right now. All right. It's a great game. I also think it's on sale right now on Steam and PSN. So uh, Earth Defense Force 4.1, Earth Defense uh, 5. Um, there is Earth Defense Force Iron Rain. I'm not too sure about that one, to be honest. Uh, at least from what I played, I wasn't a big fan of it. So maybe that's the one that you could probably avoid. But I'd say all the other ones, certified, legit, B-movie, kaiju, fun. You heard it from me. I'm going to keep pushing that agenda down. I don't care. I don't care. Um, yeah. So sticking with earth defense force news, uh, <laughs> excuse me, sir. Have you played, <laughs> have you played earth defense force? Um, earth defense force six has uh got, uh, they released a trailer and Hey, is more, I mean, I hate to break it to you, but, uh, it's more of that earth defense force. All right. It's good. All right. I'm just saying you, if, if you don't like shooting miscellaneous, random, uh, ants, uh, uh, Godzilla, Godzilla ripoffs in a robot suit and, um, various robot alien stuff and like big ass frogs, are you even breathing? Do you even have a pulse? Are you even a person? Do you have a soul? Yeah. Let that marinate. <laughs> anyway, uh, it looks pretty good. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's earth defense force, so it's not going to look the most graphically, uh, pleasant <laughs> even, I don't know if this is going to be PS4 where you can, you know, where in turn it is backwards compatible on PS5, but I mean, it's still Earth Defense Force though. Okay. I'm just saying EDF. EDF. Um, so yeah, just, just worth mentioning. Um, if, if you, if you are a person that likes to look at, you know, a picture half full, if you are a person that likes to, you know, appreciate something even with its flaws, I think EDF is a game for you. All right. Okay. The, uh, EDF agenda 
has been, I think, fulfilled. Thank you for thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, so out of nowhere, uh, man, this game from a uh, Chinese studio, OT Zero Games, Let Soul Aside. I kind of like that. I got to do it. Let Soul Aside. No, it's not Let Soul Aside. Lost Soul Aside. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, looking pretty tight. It's it. It's hard to like, I guess, descri- not describe, but put in a box where it feels like definitely Devil May Cry cross with Bayonetta cross with Final Fantasy 15. I think that's actually probably the most accurate you could get. Yeah, if you mixed, yeah, Devil May Cry with Bayonetta with Final Fantasy 15, I think you would get Lost Soul Aside. Uh, definitely gives those all of those vibes at once. Um, but man, gameplay look, uh, <laughs> gameplay, gameplay looks pretty dope. Um, I guess he got he uh, I forgot it, the main character, but this dude, you know, he look. <laughs> He does look like he looks like he was ripped from Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy 15. Actually, <laughs> he looked like he was the lost character that wasn't in the car with all the all the guys <laughs> driving in the car. He looked like he was, <laughs> he was he was the one that was left out. He's like, hey, he's like, hey, hey, guys, <laughs> hey, we, we about to go. Uh, Man, we about to have a we about to have a road trip, right? <laughs> and he's like, ah, <laughs> Noctis was like. Ah, man. So who man, we, we got like five, we got, we got like four spots, but uh, everybody else got the, got the four spots and you don't. So man, um, (laughs) did he like, Hey, Hey, um, I got, I mean, I could, I could just Uber with y'all or I could just, we could, we could just, you could hit, hitch me on the back. I got hell. I can even be in a trunk if you want. It's like, oh man. Um, who, <laughs> um, damn. Uh, man, we can't, we can't go in the back. Um, yeah, we that our luggage goes in the back, and um, you know, we we just reserved it for us and not you. So, who? Yeah, you won't be able to come with us. <laughs> and that's what that basically literally started the events of Lost Soul Aside. So now Lost Soul Aside is now trend. <laughs> that'd be I, I that'd be pretty dope actually. That actually becomes the 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 uh, catalyst for this game. <laughs> um <laughs> Noctis left me. So let me let me let me start my own game. And he found this damn what demon thing that uh transforms into a weapon and stuff. Gameplay looked really damn good. Um, this definitely put it on my radar. I mean, China, the these these damn Chinese studios, they coming up with these damn hits, man. I don't know where they came from, but I, I want it. I'm here for it. I forgot the other game. I think it was based on the lore of the Monkey King or something like that. I think it had the Monkey King in it, but that game look looked ridiculous as well. So, uh, man, 
these Chinese studios, y'all keep it, y'all keep it coming. I want it. I want it very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your services. Uh, and that concludes all the news for this week. Um, now let's get on to what I've been playing. Um, and let me put that down. All right. So, uh, of course, the Modern Warfare Warzone Black Ops uh, legacy continues. <laughs> so, uh, new season dropped this week. Or was it last week? This week, I think. No, it technically was last week. Um, so, uh, dabbled into the new season. So, basically, the whole thing with this new season is that they officially transitioned war zone, which is the, I guess it's at least set up to be the, I guess, revolving, um, battle royale multiplayer game. Now, uh, it has technically been updated, um, into the black ops universe now. So they basically reverse time back to 1984 in terms of Verdansk. So Verdansk is now not modern anymore, but now it's like, I guess, themed into 1984. It's like the color palette has changed in the whole map. There's uh, some notable differences in uh, some of the, you know, most popular locations now. Um, overall, it looks pretty cool. Uh, I do. I do like it, um, at least from uh, the little bit of a uh, uh, war zone I played in terms of battle rail. But uh looks pretty, pretty cool. I mean, not a huge change, at least notably that I like distinctly like, you know, what's the word like distinctly uh, differentiate without like seeing like side to side. But I guess that's more of an indication of how, how, uh, un, unoften I've been playing Warzone anyway, but so that was cool. Uh, I gave black ops multiplayer. I, I keep doing, I keep giving another chance and just keep get disappointed as it, it feels like this love hate relationship I have, like kind of similar to destiny, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, and of course, ultimately when I'm disappointed by those, I just go back to modern warfare's multi multiplayer and, uh, just keep grinding, uh, some of the, uh, multiplayer there. Um, did I, uh, I think, yeah. So I, I, I want to say I, I got to the battle pass last episode. Oh yeah. Yeah, I did. Never mind. So new slate back to square one to play this game relentlessly again at some point, or at least, uh, procrastinate, play other games and then, uh, just go in and try to get all the season pass. I guess that was another thing too. I did buy the season pass, even though, you know, I have all this money saved up in terms of COD points. So, uh, but yeah, Modern Warfare gonna be Modern Warfare. Uh, starting getting back into Halo Master Chief Collection, playing uh, playing that good old juicy multiplayer uh, here and there. Um, it's still good. I'm still loving it. Still enjoying it. Uh, I freaking what? Uh, I got a I got a perfection in um a recent match. 
I, I captured it. And of course, what do you know? The, the damn capturing was just messed up. Didn't even capture what I captured. So it's like, ah, well, uh, I can't, I can't prove how good of a halo player I am now. People won't know I'm good anymore. So it is what it is. At least I know, <laughs> at least I know deep down inside. Um, so yeah, then I actually got back to playing Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, uh, also beat it. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the game. I'm, I, you know, it, it feels like one of those games where, it, uh, it feels like the game is going way over your head. I feel like that's how I felt with Hellblade. It feel like it was a lot of stuff being presented to me, but I didn't know what I was actually supposed to interpret or what I'm actually looking at. And in turn, I was just more confused than anything, uh, especially by the ending, which, um, I mean, a game has been out three years, but yeah, I guess. So I guess spoilers for Hellblade saying was sacrifice if you're not played it, but I don't know. I guess maybe I just didn't necessarily understand it. So play through the game. And, you know, of course, I think if, if you even remotely are aware of it, uh, the big, the game is definitely big about psychosis and mental illness and whatnot. Um, which, you know, the, the, the game definitely harks, harks on and tells you, you know, like ideally you should play this game with headphones and stuff, which all of which I did. So, you know, playing through the game, uh, I guess my biggest gripe is with the combat. Uh, the combat is good and decent, but it just gets, it gets too repetitive for my taste where, um, it just feels very one dimensional that like you don't have a lot of room to like flesh out or, you know, branch out or, you know, get creative. It just seems very it, it feels like a mix between dark souls and if, well, no, let's say if, if you had Bayonetta, but mixed it and watered it down with dark souls, you would get Hellblade sinuous sacrifices combat. It felt like it just, it, it, uh, you know, you only got one sword. You don't have multiple weapons to kind of switch with. You don't, uh, you can't do various combos. They seem to be, that seems to be very one dimensional, but at least knowing the background of this game, you kind of can give it some leeway. Cause this is, I think this is, this game kind of falls in the category of a double a game, <laughs> which is weird, but basically a game that's like, uh, I forgot what the, what the criteria for a double a game is, but it's like, I think it's like the game has to be high profile or something like that. But, the budget is not there, something like that. Um, I think it's, you know, it's a very like slang term, but I think it does I think this definitely sums up what the game is in general. Let's <laughs> let's refer to the a video game dictionary wiki guide according to uh, IGN as well as a, a Reddit post. So double A uh, an independent, uh, independent studio or game backed by a pick pu big publisher that in turn provides that studio and game with a sizable budget, uh, a studio slash game with a bigger budget than an indie game, but a smaller budget than a triple a studio game. I think that's probably the most accurate representation of a double a game. So I think that's definitely at least 
uh, where I'm pretty sure where this Hellblade falls under. Um, yeah, it just felt like it, it, it had a lot of definitely like really good qualities. Like the graphics were there was really good in that respect. Um, but just gameplay wise, it just felt very shunted. Wasn't a big fan of the puzzles either. Uh, I just felt like I was, (laughs) they didn't feel, mm, what's the word? Yeah. They just didn't feel, I guess, involved enough. If that makes sense. Where it's like, I don't know. You like you, you just get that aha moment. It just didn't give me those vibes, which I guess I I'm kind of maybe, maybe I'm spoiled by like games like Resident Evil and stuff, but it just didn't, it didn't hit me like I wanted it to hit me. It, I guess it felt, it felt more like a chore than like a, a fun thing. If anything, I don't know. So those are the two, like, I guess, biggest things that, uh, were hitting me. And I guess just the environment I wasn't a big fan of after all, everything was said and done. And I guess, I mean, I think this is, I think this just maybe is just a testament to how the actual game is, is that the fact that it's, um, it's, you know, it's generally essentially just, uh, the main character. It's not, uh, you know, which makes sense because it's essentially a game about mental health and whatnot, but it just felt like, (laughs) I guess, isolated, but I think that's the intention, the design intention of the game. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, it's like, I understand at the same time because of the budget, but it could have been more, I guess is where I'm, I'm going at, it just felt, I guess, uh, not half-assed, but, um, it just felt like it could be more, you know, um, which, uh, I guess that was just my biggest gripe. Just, I wish the combat was more involved and, uh, the story is pretty decent. Um, it just, I think it just went over my head at the end. Whereas like, it was just a lot of symbolism and meaning that I just wasn't picking up on that. Uh, I'm probably just gonna watch a video to kind of get a, somebody else's interpretation of to kind of get a, seeing what I possibly missed in terms of like what the interpretation of that game was, because I guess the biggest thing it was like towards the end, it was like, uh, I, I, man, it's like, (laughs) I totally like erased it from my head, but like basically you, there's this person that was your mother, but turn into a demon. And then I guess she, she's going to kill you. And she, this shows her killing, uh, Senua. Um, but then she comes to this mental realization of something. And then it shows that she, Senua actually killed the the lady, I think. And then that was it. And then real credits. I'm like, um, what, uh, what? (laughs) So, I just think I just didn't, at least I didn't pick up on something or just, it's just some deep symbolism. I just didn't, didn't pick up on either way. So overall, uh, I don't think I'd play it again, but I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a cool experience. I think it was just at least an interesting, uh, experience if anything, but I don't think I'd play it again. Um, maybe the sequel, maybe the sequel, hopefully the sequel probably elaborates and builds on all this, all the, the issues I had with it, but yeah. So then, uh, played some of that near replicant, uh, for those that don't know, uh, near replicant is a re 
remake of the original Nier that came out on the 360 and PS3. Um, I think it's generally been a cult classic amongst people. Um, and I played it somewhat recently back in, I think 2019, I, uh, played it for the first time. And then I played near Automata after that. Um, definitely very interesting games. Um, I don't want to get into like what the biggest appeal is about them. Cause I think it's, they're somewhat fresh enough. Um, but they do definitely give you some very philosophical, um, yeah, philosophical themes, if that makes sense. It makes you think the game makes you think for sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, to not spoil anything within the game, but just, I guess, keep that in mind going in. Um, but yeah, near replicant, I played maybe about roughly two, three hours, I think. Um, but, uh, it definitely, you could see the improvement that the game has, uh, since the original, um, the combat feels way more, um, I don't want to say immersive, but engaging. Um, you can definitely tell they, uh, implemented a lot of what they learned from near automata. Actually, I don't think the same team that's working on, I don't think platinum worked on this game. I think there was some other studio that, uh, remade this game. Either way, you can definitely tell they took inspiration from, from automata and put it into this as the combat does feel a bit more engaging. Um, but at least from what I played so far, I'm definitely looking forward to playing more. Um, yeah, I guess that's at least what I could say. Oh yeah. Uh, I have to say probably the biggest, the biggest change, um, or I guess, um, some backstory, if you will. Uh, so I guess I do miss Papa near so far, at least initially. And for those that don't know, um, when the original near came out, there, uh, was a pretty significant change in terms of the Japanese version. I think the Japanese version is referred to as the near Gestalt or is it the U S version? I think near Gestalt is referred as the Japanese version. Either way, two different versions of near. Um, the Japanese version has a younger protagonist who's the brother of Yona, who's the, I guess, somewhat of a main character in the game or a big side character in the game. But in the U S version, I guess due to fear of, uh, acceptance of the character or something like that, that, uh, the, the character is an older, uh, person who's the father of Yona. So those are like, I guess the two big drastic changes. And then with this, uh, remake, uh, you take on the Japanese, uh, uh, younger, um, protagonist of the game now. So it's, uh, I'm not sure I feel yet about him, at least, especially of course, having a reference of, of, <laughs> I guess the popular term is Papa, Papa near. <laughs> um, I'm not sure I feel yet. But uh, I believe there are some some s- distinct differences between the two, not drastic, but, you know, uh, I think there was something I saw on Twitter the other day where it's like um, in comparison between Papa and, and what baby gest- <laughs> boy Gestalt, uh, Papa near versus baby boy near um, is I think there's one line in dialogue where it's like uh, you've you've matured 
uh, to the, to the, uh, to the guy near and then, or boy near and then to, uh, Papa near. He's like, you look like shit. <laughs> like, damn. All right. That's a, that's a little drastic between the two, but either way I found him endearing. I did like him as a character. I'm not sure. I thought you can at least play him as a skin. I want to say I could be wrong about that, but I thought you can at least play him as a skin, um, which I think is, is enough. Uh, it would have been cool at least they they like maybe went the extra mile and let you like choose between either or. I thought that I think that would have been a nice touch, but who knows? Maybe that could be still in the game. Maybe they're just keeping that under wraps. I don't know, but yeah. So um, that's probably maybe the biggest significant difference if you played the original near at least. I don't think you probably maybe of course wouldn't recognize that otherwise, but. All in all, I am digging it. I definitely plan to play it throughout again. Uh, I know that's somewhat of a commitment because um, I think the game is like 40. Well, okay. I don't, hmm, I think it's okay um, to not spoil the game. Uh, basically to, to get the full story of the game, you do need to play the game technically multiple times multiple times, um, which may all put some people. And I totally understand that. I think I did play the first beat it once. And then I think I dropped it for a while and then came back to it or something like that. So totally understand it. But I, I will say it does pay off to do the multiple playthroughs of this game, um, to really get the full gist of the story, similar to automata. If you played automata, you kind of get the same vibes as well. So, but yeah, definitely uh, digging it so far. Then uh, we hinted at it earlier, but Monster Hunter Rise, I did get right <laughs> right after that update dropped. I'm like, all right, let me get back in. Uh, part part of me was like, uh, due to the level cap or the level, yeah, the current level cap at the time where you're still stuck at seven, I thought that, you know, all this time you're hunting that um, it wouldn't, uh, go towards your hunter rank. So they won't retroactively, uh, give you the credit to your future hunter ranks, if that makes sense. So if you were playing the game at hunter rank 70, you're doing a lot of like what 20, 10 hours playing the game that it wouldn't actually, you would still be at 20 and wouldn't, you know, have anything to show for. But from what I played, it seems like it does factor in what how many, how much, how much you played before, um, factor into your hunter rank, uh, after you unlock it. So definitely thankful for that. Cause I think that probably would have <laughs> probably would have potentially pissed a lot of people off if that wasn't the case. So, uh, it's good to see that they did, uh, implement that in. That's definitely at least one reason why I, I refrained from playing until the next update came out. Um, but yeah, it definitely feels pretty good to jump back to the monster hunter and get some new monsters to play with. Uh, so far, I think I'm hunter rank 33 ish, I think. So I, uh, fought Camellios. I fought, um, uh, Bezel goose. I fought, uh, and I recently fought Kashala Deora. So I think technically <clears throat> what's left, I haven't done, um, I think Teotra, he's probably like hunter rank 40 urgent quest. And then, um, who else? 
I think all the, 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 um, apex monsters, I think they're probably after that. And I think that's probably it until like the next update, which I'm guessing maybe the next, uh, I don't think, I think the roadmap didn't indicate, but I, I would guess the next update would be like the G rank high rank stuff, unless they hold that until like, until the PC version comes out. But I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll, at some point we'll get the G rank high rank stuff. Um, or master rank. I think that's at least the term, uh, from monster in the world, but overall thoroughly enjoying it. 11, the, uh, I know I talked about it earlier, 11, the layered armor system. It is very great. Uh, it's, it's also pretty, pretty, uh, flexible, um, where it gives you, you, at least how it works on this one, it seems different from world to an extent where you need to get, I think outfit tickets, which it seems like you just get it in general for any quest you do, you get outfit tickets, which I think is fair. But on top of the outfit tickets, you also need to, you need the materials to craft it like, like traditional armor or weapons. So, um, it, they don't necessarily seem as demanding, but, uh, at least they seem fair. So at least you can, it seems like literally all the armor you can get in the game. You can also, uh, get his layered armor, which I think is, is good enough for me for now. Uh, I'm still waiting out. I'm holding out for that, uh, that upper body, uh, that, uh, the, the naked chest option, but, uh, um, I've yet to see it. I want, I want, I want my nipples out. I'm just Capcom. If you listen to me, I want the nipples out, please. And thank you. All right. Let me, uh, also, I want to be muscular. I want, I want the muscles, uh, as well as my nipples to be exposed. So, uh, please. And thank you, Capcom. I know you can do it. Apparently it's in world. I haven't got back to that since, but, uh, I want Capcom. Listen to me. (laughs) This is serious. All right. (laughs) I want my nipples out. Capcom. Stop playing with me. This ain't a game. Anyway, uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, very welcomed update. I think a lot of, uh, I would assume a lot of the, the Monster Hunter fans, veterans are definitely pleased with this update. I know I am as a, as a pretty, pretty long running fan of the, the series. So if you haven't checked it out or, uh, maybe this is, man, you in for a treat. If you have never, if you haven't played a uh, rise yet, but, or we're planning on it. Cause, uh, yeah, I think this is definitely the game at its best so far, um, you know, uh, future monsters, uh, withstanding. Um, so yeah, outside of that played the RE eight church demo. Uh, so last episode we played the village demo, but now they released the, the church demo. We'll say, I definitely like the church demo way better than the village demo. I think it gives you a better, a better representation of what the, to expect in the main game than the village demo did. Um, at least specifically from a combat standpoint, I feel like the, the, the combat segment they had in the village demo was just very, uh, one off and it was, it had some issues with it where it's like, you know, you're, it's just this cornfield and that was getting in the way of your visibility. And it's like, it, uh, overall just wasn't a, I don't think a really good, accurate, experience of what they expect, which I feel like the church demo really did, uh, do 
Um, yeah. And then I guess you didn't, was there a puzzle? Not really a puzzle necessarily in a church one, but you did of course get a taste of uh, the merchant in this one, or I guess he's referred to as the Duke in this game. Um, just a big, big guy. (laughs) I, I, part of me feels a little, uh, not, not offended, but a little, uh, concerned as to why they made him like ridiculously fat, like 600, my 600 pound life fat where, you know, you can't even get out the, get out, barely get out the bed fat, which is, I don't know. I feel like this would trigger somebody who's very sensitive to that. Uh, or, you know, who's, who's actually been in that position and as, 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 uh, gotten out of it or whatever. But yeah, that's, uh, th- that always seemed like a weird choice, but I mean, maybe there's some validity to it when we play, when we play the full game, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, so you do get a taste of the progression in the game in terms of upgrading your weapons and stuff. I did like how the demo does have some um, hints and uh, like uh, treasures you can sell to, you know, actually buy some of the higher stuff in the demo itself, which is uh, pretty cool. It's probably some stuff maybe I didn't catch on or notice that maybe you can like <laughs> what, like secretly in the game, uh, in the demo, at least you can get all these treasures and maybe sell it and like buy literally the whole game and be like super powered within that demo. I don't know, but it's a uh, cool either way to give you a taste of what to expect in the main game. Um, but <laughs> I can't, you cannot avoid if you played it, you uh, got a reference to Resident Evil four where he uh, like does a, does a uh, rendition of uh, the RE four merch. You're like, what are you buying? <laughs> a friend of mine used to say that back in the day or whatever. It's like, oh, oh my God, he said it. He said it. He said it. <laughs> um, it was pretty cool. It, it, you could definitely tell for sure, hands down, this game has taken any and all references of Resident Evil and trying to associate itself with Resident Evil 4 as much as possible, which is not a bad thing. So definitely don't knock them for it. We'll see how, how, uh, how that fares for this game. Uh, you know, when it comes out, but, uh, yeah, uh, definitely enjoyed it. Of course, this, the, the, the dumb ass, uh, uh, time restriction is still there, <laughs> but I did forgot, forget to mention that at least with this, the next demo coming out this weekend, which is the final demo that everybody across all platforms will be able to play steam, Xbox and PlayStation. Um, they extended the demo window where you can even access it, uh, from the 24 hours it was originally. Now it's going to be up until the release of, uh, the game. Um, I think next Friday, I want to say so very welcomed in that respect. Um, it's, it's not ideal, but I mean, it's better than nothing. I assume they're just going to cut it off when the game releases. And then after it releases, then they'll give you, uh, the, the actual unlock demo like they did with Resident Evil two and Resident Evil three. So, um, yeah, it was, it was good. I liked it better. It, uh, definitely liked it better than the demo for sure. Um, so, we're close. It's kind of crazy. It's starting to sink in now. Resident Evil eight is a technically a week away. Let me double check the date. Uh, I th- 
think it comes out the seventh, which is Friday. So we close a week away. I want it. I needs it. Um, will Chris punch a boulder again? <laughs> Find out. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, damn well, they're going to make a reference at some point. He's probably going to say some dialogue. Well, at least you're not a boulder. Ah, God, oh, come on, Chris, you could do better than that. <laughs> um, yeah. So pretty damn awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, I think I already said it, but yeah, the, the, the final demo is this weekend and you can play it all the way up until the release of resident evil eight resident evil, AKA resident evil village. Um, and yeah, that pretty much concludes what I've been playing. Um, let's get into what I've been watching. So boy, oh boy, what, uh, episode seven of invincible, I believe six or seven, uh, either way, uh, boy, this episode of, of, of invincible was crazy. Uh, I, I'll, I'll try to stick to this, um, moniker of, uh, not spoiling the series until we get to the final part, unless maybe it warrants it in some cases, but we'll stay spoiler, spoiler free, but man, if you've watched the previous episodes who shit is hitting a fan, it is hitting the fan. My God. So, ah, yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but basically some, uh, some of these storylines start coming, coming, coming around to their potential resolution one way or another. Uh, but boy, oh boy, stuff is popping off. That's all I, I think that's all I'll say for that. But, uh, the finale is coming out, uh, tonight. Normally I think it drops at eight, at least Pacific time. So who boy, I am so ready. I'm not ready, but I'm very ready. I'm still not ready, but I'm very, very ready. <laughs> uh, man, this, this, this episode is going to be crazy. And then, uh, just found out that, um, the, they just got renewed for uh season two and three, uh, season two and three. So, we are definitely guaranteed some more invisible in, in I want to say invisible, invincible, um, after this one. So that's good to hear. Very good to hear. Cause I think it's definitely, uh, man, it's, it's a, it's an awesome series for sure. I'm very much loving it so far. So I think next episode we'll, we'll, we'll get a little spoilery, maybe very spoilery. Um, <clears throat> next, next episode, but man, if you haven't, if you love superhero movies with a little bit of a, well, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of violence. Well, if you, if you love the boys, uh, on, um, Amazon, that's crazy. Both the boys and invisible are on Amazon. Um, if you love both of them, if you love the boys, I think you really love, love, uh, invincible as well. So moving on, of course, um, Kano, 
Goro. <laughs> you welcome. You so welcome. Um Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat watched it uh last right as midnight hit. No, actually I'm lying. I uh Oh, I forgot to mention that too. Actually before that, I forgot. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. No. <laughs> Never mind. I meant the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I, I must have messed up and got that on my notes or removed it from my notes. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Man, oh man. So damn good. I personally really love this episode uh, in a lot of ways. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I guess first and foremost, we're going to get into spoiler territory for uh, Falcon, the winter soldier. So if you have not watched it, I definitely recommend you do, um, spoiler, 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 spoiler. So episode six, we see Sam Wilson all drapped up, uh, full of that, full of that, um, Captain America drip. So he, he, he rocking the, the, the stars and stripes. He rocking the wet, white and blue. <laughs> um, and he got the goggles and he got the wings and he got the shield. He looking, he looking, he's, he's stunting on him. Okay. He ready to hit the club at any moment. Um, love the design of, uh, of, um, uh, Sam Wilson, uh, as captain America. And, you know, he was quick to quick to correct him. He's like, Hey, who are you? I'm captain America. Like, oh shit, oh shit, yeah, oh my god, oh my god. There's no, no, uh, no debate, no, uh, guessing. He's, he's, that's Captain America. Uh, <laughs> I forgot then, uh, during like, uh, what, midway or like towards the end of the episode, he's like, <laughs> a black man, the black old man, oh man, that's, uh, man, that's the black falcon. He's like, no, it's not. <laughs> the dude on the right, that's Captain America. I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah, that is Captain America. Yeah, it is. Uh, man, that was good. That was so good. So I'm not gonna go all of over everything, but basically, uh, they they get back. They get to the I forgot what it's called the 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 governors or U.S. Senate area or something where all the flag smashers were at, and then basically Sam is there to rescue, and then Bucky's down below. He's, you know, doing his thing, uh, you know, talking with uh, Carly, who was like stalling his ass to, since they know they can't take him or something like that. And then um, freaking out of nowhere. What's his name? Uh, secret agent. Well, he is secret agent now, but <clears throat> uh, uh, we'll, we'll just call him dollar store cap uh, actually came to uh, to the same event, I guess, to get, of course, to get revenge for a battle star. Um, and they, they took a weird change or weird. I'm not sure. It just, it felt, felt unnatural for, for, for him, a dollar store cap, but he, uh, he basically was given a choice of yet again to, uh, either get revenge on Carly or to save, uh, this, um, this, uh, what, uh, armored truck that was gonna fall with all these people into it. And then, yeah, just what's weird is that he just, you know, I gotta save him. And then he just saves him. But it's like, 
you just decapitated a dude with your with with uh with Steve Rogers shield though. So it's like how does that work? I don't know. I guess they must be trying to imply that, you know, he's an anti-hero now that, you know, hey, if they didn't deserve it, they won't get killed. But if they do, I'll kill him in cold blood. I don't care. So a little weird, a little weird, a weird choice there. But um, outside of that, we we get we finally find out who uh, the power broker is. And, and lo and behold, it's uh, Carter. Uh, I think literally surprising nobody. Uh, a part of me thought that maybe they would just reveal him out of nowhere, but she is the power broker more than likely. I mean, I, yeah, I don't even think there's any room for interpretation where she didn't like blatantly agree, but it's, I think it's pretty much a given. Um, yeah, well, I guess it's fine. <laughs> uh, I guess what's crazy is that, you know, she does get immunity in terms of, a. Or pardon now that she can come back to the U.S. But then it's like, oh, she's evil now. Now she has all the power. And it's like, okay, so there is that. Um, what else outside of that? Um, uh, Bucky, he does uh, come to resolve. He does actually resolve the at least the guy he was hanging out with to like, I guess, somewhat, uh, somewhat subside his guilt for killing his son. So he does actually come clean about that, which I think, you know, it, it's leading him on the road to healing, which was good. Um, oh, man, of course, probably the biggest moment for me, at least personally, was uh, Isaiah. They Isaiah, he's seen the broadcast. I forgot about that, too. Like uh, Sam, he had this whole speech about, you know, being Captain America, why he should be Captain America, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, of course, trying to, you know, uh, talk about the whole reason this whole scenario happened anyways, because of y'all blah, blah, blah. But he was, he was speaking the truth though. He's like, Oh man, damn. It's like, man, you right. You right, Sam, you should be captain America. So I'm totally very much paraphrasing, but you have that. And then, um, what else towards the, uh, yeah, towards the end, uh, Sam goes back to uh, Isaiah's place and, you know, talk about like, man, you, uh, you proved me wrong, Sam, you know, maybe you can be the, the black Captain America. Um, again, I'm paraphrasing heavily. Uh, but then it's like, no, I got a surprise for you, man. If you, uh, just go, they go to, um, the, uh, I guess, memoriam for Captain, Captain America or the, the memorial. Uh, I'm not even sure what the, the area is, but basically the memorial for, I guess soldiers and whatnot and Captain America's there, but then, then you see it, you see Isaiah's, uh, statue and, and remembrance of, uh, him and what he did for, uh, you know, um, aside from Captain America and all the stuff he did. And you, I'm not even going to lie to you. Them tears came out. I was ugly crying. I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, man, that, that hit me. It hit me. It hit me hard. Hit me like a ton of bricks. But man, it was it was so beautiful. So beautiful to see uh, somebody who like went through hell, potentially. I mean, arguably more than um um. Uh, what is uh, what's his name? Captain America, Steve Rogers. Uh, more than see Steve Rogers. Uh, and and not have nothing to show for it. <laughs> Other than, you know, 
his wife that's died and, and all that. And, and now he, now to be remembered, uh, forever. Uh, that's, that's a beautiful thing, man. It's like doing the rights that were wronged, uh, cap like, damn Sam. Yeah, you are Captain America, man. So, uh, so much, so many good things to take away. Not going to say it, it, this, this series is without some of, some of his issues and questionable stuff. I think the, the series did suffer a lot from, um, at least the rumor that's going around is that there was some subplot that was like similar to the pandemic, uh, or at least <laughs> a, a pandemic or, you know, viral outbreak. There was some, uh, I, at least the rumor is that there was supposedly some, some subplot that was like removed. And I think that, that, I think that messed up, uh, muddy, a lot of stuff, but you know, maybe down the road, they'll probably release a, um, you know, DVD with all the extra stuff that may kind of unveil, unveil that curtain, uh, with all that stuff that happened. But as a whole, I thoroughly did enjoy, uh, this series. I think it's definitely, uh, leads Disney to be two for two in terms of these Marvel uh, TV sh- series. Uh, I'd, I'd say as a whole one division was definitely a more fun, uh, TV experience, but I think, I mean, for what it is and what we were expecting, I think, um, this definitely delivered on, uh, on, on all fronts personally as somebody who's, uh, become a fan of at least the MCU, um, not necessarily, uh, the comic universe, but, uh, at least for sure the MCU, I definitely thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's still worth a watch less for sure for a lot of the plot points and, I say the biggest uh, thing is, of course, bringing up race and like, you know, which is crazy is like even as an Avenger, you and being black, it's like you still <laughs> you get <laughs> you still get discriminated. So at that I think that's very powerful. And I think it's well written. It wasn't like beating you over the head with it. It was being very, very respectful, very subtle and, you know, being very um, uh, just uh, decent with it, not, not necessarily being preachery about it and, and whatnot. So, uh, and also being very accurate of like, you know what it is like in the real world. So, you know, it's not being, not being like very, I don't know, like, uh, theatrical about it, I guess, where, you know, it, it could definitely be, be some ways where it just be not as tasteful as it at least was, I think very well represented in this, this, uh, this series. So, and it's like, it's, it, it's not even like they were like, you know, pussyfooting it. They were like, really like being direct about it, which is, I think it was ca- kind of hard to fathom for some, some IP like Marvel slash Disney that would actually, you know, actually really literally bring a lot of these up like face to face, which I definitely respected a lot. So who so good. I loved it. Two for two Marvel. Okay. Uh, let's see. Loki. I think Loki is coming next. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, hopefully maybe three for three. We'll see. We'll see Marvel. We'll see. So moving on, uh, to mortal Kombat. did the whole, um, rendition. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> I guess technically I did that for Falcon, but no, Mortal Kombat. Uh, so at least first, um, at least to not spoil yet, but firstly, I, I did enjoy it. I think it's a fun movie. 
but I don't think it has, it's not perfect. It does. It definitely has a, a, a good amount of issues that, uh, I had with it. Um, yeah. So overall I did enjoy, it. I think, I think if you're a fan of the games, I think you'll definitely enjoy this. Uh, if you barely, mm, I think if you remotely are, it's hard to even say that because I think, hmm, I think if you're a fan of the games, you'll definitely enjoy it. I say it's more questionable if you're not a big fan of Mortal Kombat or not necessarily too familiar with the games. I think you might have a harder time enjoying this movie because it definitely gives you a lot of references, but doesn't necessarily explain a lot of them. Uh, at least specifically from like story backgrounds and stuff like that. Uh, but like, if you're a fan, you definitely know a lot of these characters and their origins and their backstories. So with that in mind, I think you will in turn enjoy this movie more knowing that, but they don't explain it to you. So I think if somebody who's like, I don't know, never, I guess has never heard of Mortal Kombat and just went to see this movie on a whim. I think they're not going to like it as much as a fan would, um, based off, off the bat. So with that in mind, I say, we'll we'll start getting into spoilers. So spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for Mortal Kombat. If you've not seen it, uh, about to spoil it, spoil it, spoil it. Um, what I guess first let's start off with a uh, Cole young Cole. I think he's, um, he could have been stronger of a character in terms of just acting. It just felt like, uh, how do I describe it? It just, the acting didn't feel like it was there. I don't know. He, I don't know. He just, he just didn't come off as genuine. I don't know how to describe it. It just, it just wasn't there. I felt like, uh, as a character itself, it was, I mean, I mean, he does kind of have that scrutiny too, where it's like, he's, this guy is a completely original character to the Mortal Kombat universe within this movie. So he's a basically a descendant from a, a scorpion and he has this ability where he can transform his upper body to like, uh, I guess this, this metal metal suit type deal. And then but it's like, why can't you, can you get yourself a helmet? Why does it just gotta be a, your upper body and not your head or, you know, but whatever. And then he got Tom us too. And it's like, it, it's really unknown what, what that makes sense. What, what, what that means, but okay. So basically, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go on the whole movie, but just, I'm just want to pick on some other stuff. Uh, so the arcana, I guess, story, story plot where it's basically, the the movie's justification of uh, all these powers that all the Mortal Kombat people have is that it's their arcana. It's basically uh, your ability that's unique to you that like generally other people can't, you know, <clears throat> have. It's unique to you. So for Cole Young, it was that morph ability to, I guess, absorb damage and then I guess lash it out on them or something like that. At least that's the impression I got. And then who else was it? Uh, like, you know, Sonya, she eventually got her um, pink, pink wave move and stuff like that. So basically the, the, the movie touches on that where they go to the monk temple by 
with Liu Kang to like discover their their moves and stuff like that and, or try to ignite it. But it coincidentally, not everybody gets it. But then when they are in turmoil, then, of course, some of the characters do get it like Jax. <laughs> Jax just that <laughs> Jax, Jax was down bad. So, you know, he fought Sub-Zero, got got as you saw in the trailers, he got his ass, got them arms clapped, <laughs> arms gone. So they repaired it. And then, uh, you know, he, he got these like very, <laughs> very wimpy little monk hands. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess because Sonya was going to die in a scenario that he had to save her, they, you know, he grew his arms. So I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, it's a movie. Sure. So it was fine. I I mean, it was like, um, I guess for the outside looking in, it was fine. Um, I guess there wasn't really any better way to, to do it, but either way. So you have that, uh, Melina, man, they did Melina dirty, to be honest. I think they could have gave her a little bit more respect <laughs> considering her, her repertoire in the main games, but yeah, she could have been, been done handled better. I think they at least could have gave her some, at least have her put up more of a fight or something, but I guess, um, reptile. I'm not sure I felt about that whole reptile scene. So basically reptile, there's a scene where Kano's locked up at, and they're at Sonya's, I guess, trailer and reptile shows up to try to, I guess, kill him, uh, because Shane Sung is playing dirty. Um, which that's another point I'm gonna get to, but, um, I, I, I wish we had traditional reptile reptile. That's, you know, like a ninja, but I guess that's, that's maybe being too nitpicky. I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm not a fan of just the straight up reptilian reptile, even though I know in the story or in the lore, he does, <clears throat> he becomes more reptilian. But uh, I don't know. I wish that I don't, I'm not sure how I don't think I like that. And then he was invisible the whole time. I feel like that was just like an excuse to budget more um, or, you know, save more on the, the, the movie's budget to an extent. I don't know. I'm not sure I like that. That segment, I, I felt like that could have been better. Uh, but yeah, that was the other thing, like <laughs> technically in his game or I mean movie, there technically wasn't even a Mortal Kombat tournament. It was basically just just them just fighting and that was it. Or basically Shang Tsung uh cheating and trying to kill these people off and then they're basically defending or combating them based off that. So I guess it just that I mean it's like a game that's revolved around a tournament that's referred to as a Mortal Kombat that just it felt like a slight cop out, but I mean, you still did get characters fighting against one another. So I don't know. Um, what was another gripe I had? Uh, the pacing was, was off at moments. Um, it felt like they, I do think this movie could have used like at least 45 more minutes to, uh, fully flesh itself itself out. I think uh, some other things could have been explained. Some character backstories could have been elaborate, elaborated on a bit more. But um, I think the game, the movie needed more time um, to develop some of these characters. Because, yeah, it, it definitely is a very 
drastic, drastic like differences amongst a lot of the characters in terms of time and stuff. So, I mean, there's that. Um, yeah, the, the, I guess last act was a little off. Like I'm not a fan of them. Uh, cause like when you get to the last act of the movie, there's a lot of characters that are, um, they seem that they jump, they're jumping. They jump to a lot of the characters fights all at once, which I think <clears throat> could have, uh, could have been done better. I think they could at least did, did characters one by one. I think that would have, that would have gelled better overall. I think just jumping from fights, multiple fights, uh, I think is too jarring. Uh, in my opinion, I think that just took, took away from a lot of the fights and I, I think kind of devalued a lot of them personally. Um, so I think they could have did a better job of that. I, it just felt all over the place with the fights, but I mean, you got some of the iconic locations. Uh, you got the pit. Jax was fighting the dude in the pit. Um, if we get real nitpicky, I'm like, how are you going to fight at the pit? The most iconic stage fatality of Mortal Kombat and not uppercut the dude in the pit. But, you know, he just did his iconic Jax fatality. And I was like, ah, come on now. <laughs> then probably the biggest uh, biggest, I guess, cringe worthy moments is that I'm, I wasn't a big fan of the, the characters announcing like fatality and flawless victory. It was a little cringy to me. It uh, it would have been different if like, you know, let's say Shang Tsung would have announced it, but like something about it, that felt a little too arrogant and just cringy of them pr- pronouncing what they did. It was cool at, at one, one angle, but generally it just was, it was, it was a little cringy for me, but yeah. Uh, but I have to say the, uh, the sub zero and scorpion sub story. Well, I guess it was kind of somewhat the main story in a, in a sense. I think that was definitely a biggest highlight of the movie. Uh, the two fights that, uh, they had were really good. I really did like them. Um, yeah, the, they're basically a bookend of the whole movie, <laughs> but they were, they were the best ones. Um, uh, wish the, the other fights were as good, but they just, it just had a lot of issues there, but all in all, I'd say it is definitely a good movie. I do recommend it. If you are a fan of the Mortal Kombat games, I think there's definitely a lot to love and appreciate and like, and you know, it, you can definitely tell the director and the, staff involved definitely did their homework with the, um, with the games, uh, with this movie in terms of all the, all the cool references and Easter eggs, like, uh, what you saw, like Chinook's amulet from the games you saw, um, Katana's fan, uh, from, from the, you know, referencing her as a character. There was a night wolf reference. There was, um, uh, a Kotal Khan reference, I believe. Um, they definitely did their homework on that, that sense. And of course, probably the biggest thing, um, was, uh, uh, well, I guess the, the person that saved this movie, I'd say for the most part was a Kano who's basically the comic relief of the movie. Um, he was pretty good. I definitely liked him. They had a lot of fun references, (laughs) probably the, the the biggest, most, I, I guess, uh, what I, uh, relatable one was the, uh, (laughs) the sweep commentary where basically, 
you know, very, very indicative of the games where, you know, people are spamming the same move and sweeping a lot. Uh, where he, he's basically sweeping. He's like, you're not going to sweep again. I know you're not. He's like, oh, damn, fuck you are. <laughs> when he said, he's like, fuck. He's like, he did it wrong. He's like, oh, I, I already know. I'm getting fucked up. And he did. Got his ass tripped again again. So a lot of cool moments like that. I I, I did like and appreciate that. Uh, definitely was fan service to the, to the fans of the game. So um very weirdly they like included a lot of the characters that nobody liked <laughs> from the older games like freaking Reiko and Itara but uh, i guess it kind of made sense cuz you know you don't want all the main characters that of a game where you have to finish off the <clears throat> your opponent but um it was good overall so i definitely definitely uh liked it um yeah definitely very very, uh, very, I don't know, like it was good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it though. I'd say again, if you're a fan of Mortal Kombat, I'd say definitely, definitely, um, give it a watch and it's on HBO max. Um, I know it's in theaters if it's open in your area, but you know, I mean, if you've been vaccinated and all that good stuff, so yeah, all in all, that's pretty much all of what I've been up to this week. Um, yeah, so uh, I think that'll conclude this episode of Switches Sites. Um, yeah, uh, if you did uh, like the show, whether it be uh, on your favorite podcast and platforms or Twitch, um, where I do broadcast live on Twitch TV slash a switch. Um, you can check me out there. Uh, otherwise, yeah, guys till next time, uh, get your game on, um, all that good stuff. Um, again, you can also follow me on Twitter at a switch as well. But yeah. I think that's it guys until next time oh yeah Nobody's safe.